If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is coming back again, uh, Carlos Taberna-Berry. He's here, he's been here before of course and given us lots and lots of information. He's just very knowledgeable as a horseman has got a great attitude. He loves that the horse can be the teacher so we can be the students. And I think, you know, anyone that comes into the horse world with that sort of attitude, that's someone that we need to listen to, you know, as soon as the horse, and it sort of turns it around, you know. So when the horse is the teacher, we're the students, you think, yeah, you know, that's probably really right too. And he also talks about um, we shouldn't be divided by discipline. We should be united by good horsemanship. And I think that's just a really good thing to live by as well. Anyway, Carlos, how are you today? Uh, good. Glad good, Thank you good. for having me back. And oh. Good to talk to you and your um, listeners. So. Good to have you here, to Carlos. Now, we're going to talk a little bit. We've got a few points here to talk about. You know, people becoming fearful is one that we'll start with. But talk to us. Why would, you know, you talk to us about horses, people being fearful, but why do people become fearful of horses? We grow up and we love horses, but when does that love turn to fear? Yeah, it's a good point. And this is what I do, Glennie, through the lessons on the clinics. And I, it, it's very common, as you know, in the yeah. horse industry, you know, where a lot of people, like you said, they've been around horses since they were young and then they, they might have a break and come back and get into horses a bit later. Or even people that never got out of horses from childhood and then um, they become a little bit fearful. And, and I think... What I what I notice when I, I try to help people all the time is that it's usually when someone has a setback or a little accident or, uh, as a result that any interaction that you have with a horse after that becomes a fearful experience, you know. And and rather than focusing on what you are doing, you pay more attention to you know the what if, which is what I talked in my book as well. So what if this happens again? Uh, what if if I do this and the horse does that? And we become almost like. We try to have a crystal ball of and trying to see what's going to happen in the future. But to me, I've been talking to my students and people at clinics, and I think, you know, it's personal for all of us, but I think that the reason that we become fearful, I think, is not so much the fear of having that accident again or a setback, but it's the fear of failing. And mm-hmm. I think that comes through the amount of pressure that people are put on. I mean, if, if you someone asks someone, what are you doing with your horse? And someone says, I'm just enjoying my horse. And enjoying the relationship with my horse is almost like they feel they're not doing enough, which is totally wrong. And that's why I say, like you mentioned, you shouldn't be separated through discipline at all or what you do with your horse. So I think it's more the fear of failing again rather than getting hurt again. So I think that's why people become fearful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. How can we work then, you know, if it's not love and trust? You know, so how can we work from trust? Um, well, this is also, you know, either work from love and trust or fear and doubt, you know, and, and if you work from a place of love and trust, it, it won't keep you trapped. You know, you love the horse and, and you love what you do, you know, who you are um, at that particular time with the horse. So it, the trust doesn't mean, you know, um, 
that you have blind trust, I call it. You know, when people say, oh, I'll trust my horse, you know, even though the horse might be giving you all the wrong signs. But um, for the horse, it's all the right signs. But, so trust means to me, you know, sort of trust yourself, you know, to be able to trust the horse and trust your skills, you know, that you have and, and, and trust the support that you might have, you know, around yourself, you know, in order to, to, to make progress. Because if you work from fear and doubt, then, like I said, it's going to keep you away below your comfort zone and you're never going to be able to make any progress, you know, in, in your relationship with the horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a change of mindset rather than, you know, okay. it's, it's yep. a change of yep. mindset. What happens then if we find that, you know, we know that we're working for fear or doubt? We know that we're working from that basis. We know it's mindset. We know that, you know, things just aren't going well. What can we do if we find that we are working from that fear and doubt and um, we want to get the trust with the horse, but we can't? What can we do to start to get the trust? I think, you know, what I advise people is always, you know, you go back to your foundations, you know, you, you go back to working on the ground with the okay. horse. Yep. You know, in order to build your confidence, you're in a much safer place where you're on the ground. But the most important thing, I guess, is, you know, you have to trust the person that you seek to help you out, you know, and that, okay. that person understands your individual need and individual need of a horse. Because um, I always said, you know, every horse that I that I that I work with, you know, is an individual, and every person that I work with is an individual. So you can't sort of have a program that runs for everyone equally, you know. So I think in order to start working from the love and trust, I said you start on the ground, go back to your foundations, and then just build yourself up again, mm-hmm. rather than rather than working from that fear and doubt and do it anyway. I know there's people say, well, if you're fearful, just do it anyway. But that, to me, that's a kind of bit of a blind way of, you know, and, and you know, and helping yourself and helping your horse in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to do with the foundation. So say you're, you know, you're out there, and I know you do quite a lot of clinics and help a lot of people. If you've got someone that you're working with and you can see that they're fearful, distrustful of the horse, what sort of exercises can you do to just say, just get that balance changed, you know, just to change it a little bit? What would you do to help someone in that situation? Well, I'm a very kind of hands-on person, so, mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm always watching everybody. So if I see someone that is, you know, lagging behind through, through fear, uh, or what the horse could be, you know, so I just go and usually ask him, I say, look, I'm going to show you how what, what I'm going to do, and how we come back through the ground, we'll get the horses to understanding Yep. Getting the horse to go on follow mode, not mm-hmm. that you know, so the horse follows you. Uh, it's based on lightness and the softness that I like to bring to clinics and lessons as well. And then make sure that they can do it in, in a way. I don't have to try to convince them, but I said, I, I just let him know that you, I said to him, well, you, you can do it. I'm going to do it, but you can do what I do. The only difference is I have more experience, that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not that, you know, it's not that they. They, could, they will never be able to do it because a lot of people will come back and say, well, I can't do this, I can't do that. <laughs> so it's changing the, the, I think it's changing the vocabulary a little bit. Mm. But I think, you you know, whenever we're going to encourage somebody or encourage a horse, you have to be prepared to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And that's why okay. I sort of, I'm pretty hands-on. Mm. But I think just, you know, if people are familiar with the groundwork that I do, is once again, the best way that I can describe it is putting putting that horse on follow mode so you don't have the fear again. So you're not actually just getting on a horse and going, well, I'm hoping that the horse does all the right things. So um, it's going back to your groundwork exercises and another mm. different styles and different methods, but it's about doing it in a gentle way where you're assertive, you're not aggressive, you're not passive. And that's what's going to create the confidence on the horse in you, 
and you own the horse again, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. But I think that whole hands-on approach is good, you know, probably in two ways. One is, you know, that people can see because some people are quite visual and they want to be able to see exactly what you're doing. But the other thing is too that sometimes the horse doesn't quite understand. And if you can get in there with that hands-on approach and people can see you doing it, that gives them a better idea of how to communicate with the horse. So, you know, I mean, I know you're popular, but I think that's one of the reasons that you are so popular is because you've got that whole hands-on approach. I know that one of your other things that you say is failure is not fatal. So it's very easy to say, but just explain that whole saying a little bit more about failure is not fatal. Yeah, well, what I mean by that is, you know, is that um, that I, I fail is not fatal in the sense I when I when I talk to people and I say, um, you know, if you never want to try it again, if you try something and you sort of you and, and I don't like the word failure. I think is you know, you try and it didn't work out would be a better word, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, if you use the word failure as an example, you know, when people say I failed or you failed or someone points a finger at you, but um, I think the the success failure becomes when you don't try it again you know so um so i think to me success is like i said trying and trying and not giving up so yep yep a failure is not fatal it's not the end of the world so the only time failure will be fatal is if you just you know say you leave the horse in the paddock and you never want to see the horse again or you sell the horse and you say well i'm not good enough for this so i'm just gonna get rid of my horse or look for another horse and mm-hmm. and the cycle you know sort of becomes a vicious cycle so i think by me saying failure is not fatal, saying it's not the end of the world, you know, when you fail, is you know, part of learning is that you, you, you try again, you know, and a lot of people that have become pretty successful living at side horses, you know, people that fail many times, yeah. but they didn't give up, you know, and through history, there's probably thousands of examples, so yeah. Um, yeah. it's not the end of the world, when things don't work out, that's what I, that's what I try to say by failure, it's not fatal. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so with the failure, then we can improve, is that right? We can improve on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I we, think so. And I think I think, yeah. I think no one, Glenn, goes out there trying to to fail or, or not to do good. So I think yeah. everyone knows what they know at a given time. And I mm-hmm. find that through lessons in clinics, when people say, "Well, I'm not good at this," or "I was told that I wasn't good enough." I mean, that's uh, nobody's better than anyone else. The thing is that it's experience, and once again, everyone does what they know. And our job, as me as, a, as an educator, would be to make sure that people know a little bit better, mm-hmm. so they they are successful. But um, like I said, you know, failing is not the end of the world. It's not fatal. Yep. Um, you just you just gotta develop your skills and seek the right advice. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So really, you're talking about failure. It's like you said before. Failure is um, things go wrong, but if you keep improving, that's good. That's just part of learning. But failure is quitting. Like you said before, about you just 
put the horse away and put it in the paddock and never see it again, that would be what failure is. Is that right? Just completely quitting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, I think you're going to, you know, that's a pretty successful outcome. You know, so if you, if you said, I want to do this again, I don't try anymore or, um, you know, you surround yourself with the wrong people that might mm-hmm. be telling you to, you know, oh, well, you're not good at it or whatever, but then that's a guarantee of failure. So I think you just, um, the, you know, failure is just giving up. That's the way I look at it. And yeah. I think that trying and things not working out is, is not fatal and therefore I don't think you're failing. I think you're giving it, uh, you haven't, you haven't tried, you haven't tried in you, you know, which which is going to get you to where you want to go. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it takes someone to a month and it might take you three years. Yep. The main thing is, you know, you, you know, you got to become the best you not the best somebody else. That's what I tell people, you know. Okay, yep, yep. So well, what we need to do is just try. But what about horses? Horses too, you know, if we talk about horses just giving a try. Tell us about trying. Well, if you look at horses, I mean, if you look at, you know, we all make mistakes with them and you see, you know, some some white horses have been worked and ridden and they're such a forgiving creature, you know, they always have fun. Even when they're afraid, mm-hmm. um, they put themselves back again to do it all, all, all over again. You know, I could tell you five more times, I could tell you lots of stories that I come across, you know, where where horses, um, they're ridden or been treated pretty poorly and then they, these poor horses put themselves all over again to try again. So I find horses have huge try. It's mm-hmm. just that we, they sometimes they stop trying because we're not looking at it from the, like I say, not through the eyes of the horse, you know, so... Um, we can learn a lot from the horses, like I said, the master teachers. You know, they've, they've been my teachers. Yep. And I, I think I've got a lot of try things to the horses because I see how much try they have, even mm-hmm. when they not getting it or even when things are not working out, how they would try and try it again to try to understand what you want, you know, so we, yep. we can learn from them. Yeah, yep. What if the horse does try, but it gives us the wrong answer, so they fail momentarily? Well, if that happens, I always look at myself and I make sure and I say, did I give the horse the right, um, did, did I ask the, the right question? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we want an answer from the horse, but we don't know what questions we're asking the horse. So um, if we're 100% sure that we're asking the right question and and, and we expect the, the right answer and the horse doesn't do it, it was again, it's not the end of the world and we got to ask again and again. I don't believe in the... Uh, you ask the horse, you tell, you demand from the horse, you know. I think you ask and you ask and you ask with patience until the horse gives you the answer that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of times we ask the horse the question through an exercise or a request on the saddle. The horse might give the wrong answer, the wrong interpretation of it. And then people, what I call these people, yell at the horse by giving a harder cue or a pull on the rope or shake of the lead. And then um, I always tell people, if I say someone, if I ask you something in Spanish and you didn't understand Yelling the yelling the question wouldn't make you understand any better. So yep. Um, yep. I might have to look at the individuality of the horse again and explain it. You know, with a little bit more time or um, with a lot more patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So failing to try. I've got a note about failing to try and succeeding. Failing to try and succeeding. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like I think again. You know, if you are afraid to fail, mm-hmm. um, you will never be able to improve your horse. Yes. Yeah. You know, or simply do better. So okay. um, you become guarded in, in all the interactions you have with the horse. And I think I think limits both you and the horse to reach your full potential, you know. So um, so I said, don't be afraid. Um, mm-hmm. you know, don't be afraid to fail, you know. It's just, um, you know, otherwise you'll never improve your, your horsemanship. Yep, yep, yep. And the further training to success. 
further training to success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to, like, once again, you know, you have to um, seek. Unfortunately, you know, it's one of those things, there are many things that I know you can watch videos and you can sort of read, but that will not give you experience, not mm-hmm. give you some yes. knowledge. So yep. Yep. Um, that's what I'm, I'm so big on the hands-on. And even undecidedly, someone was riding a horse at a clinic or a lesson, and I feel that the horse or the person is struggling. I'm not a, I'm not uh, afraid to say to them, you know, just step off the horse for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let me get on the horse. I want to find out whether it's the horse or is it you. How are you communicating? Mm-hmm. And then get them back on and say, well, see, I just did that and I want you to do the same thing so you both um, communicate better. Yep. Uh, yep. yep. But I think education, you know, it, it's that hands-on is so important versus, you know, there's a lot of knowledge, I say, you know, with a lot of reading and, you know, with the internet and all these things, you know, there's a lot of people with videos and, uh, but nothing beats the actual hands-on to get that experience. You can't actually buy experience. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can probably just buy a bit of knowledge. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I've got a question for you, and this is, you know, it's a listener's question, but for our listeners, what can we do to spread the message of ethical and kind horsemanship? You know, you're out there promoting it and doing it, but what can we do to help you spread that message? You know, this is, this is a, an excellent question too, you know, and I always say to people, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are prepared to, I suppose, to disagree with what you do. I'm a promise to the horse, you know, when I was a young kid and I said I didn't follow traditions as you know and um, I, I made sure that the horse would have a better say. I think there's a misconception thinking that if you're kind to the horse and you look after the welfare of the horse that you're, um, you know, you, you're not going to be effective as a you know, couldn't be mm. the truth, you know, so um, I, I I'm really grateful to people like your listeners and people that follow me on Facebook and sign up to my online membership which I just started and these people are spreading the message, and I think they, they just, um, I can't do it on my own. I always said I can't spread the message on my own. And I think the best way to for us to stand up for the welfare of the horse is not to be afraid to pretty much think what other people think. You know, there's always going to be plenty of those. So, you know, you just yeah. um, uh, stand up and be true to yourself, be true to the horse, and don't be afraid. Um, I guess the consequences of, of saying, well, you know, we should be treating the horses in a more ethical way. and mm-hmm. And, um, and so for me, I get to spread that. That's my 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 sole goal is to do that through my lessons and my clinics in particular. Um, and now getting a bit of exposure on TV, you know, to do that. So yes, yes. Tell us about the TV show, the Horsemanship Secret. Uh, mm. Yeah, the TV show. I've been approached by Channel Seven too, which is it's on Channel Seven, and they've got a garden show called Vasily's Garden, and that show now has. Um, they asked me to come in the show as one of the presenters and presents a horsemanship segment, so, which is more about gardening and environment. And they, they, they like what I do and they say, yeah, it would be excellent for you to showcase a bit of your horsemanship um, and the ethical and the welfare of the horse through the program. Where, uh, and, and it happens to be the only horsemanship segment in Australian TV, which is um, I'm sort of pretty grateful and proud of that. Uh, besides the racing industry, which is, you know, all that is on TV. So it gives me an opportunity through TV to reach out um, more people around the country and send that message that we just discussed about me being ethical and the welfare of the horse. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what, what I'm trying to do. It's not This is not for me, Glenn, it's for the horse, you know. Yes, 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 yes. I think that sort of underpins our message, you know. We're, we're worried about the welfare of the horse, safety around horses, but... Um, 
you know, I think you'll agree that, that a well-trained horse is a safe horse. Oh, 100%. You know, that's what I, I always say. My mum is not a horse rider, and I would say, if I've got horses and I just started in training here, and I said, if a horse cannot be ridden by my mum, but she doesn't know how to ride, then I haven't yeah. finished my job with that horse. You know, yeah, so yeah. Safe, safety is number one. You know, yeah. it's, it's not about how, how, how you jump or what level of research you're doing or, or, or trail riding that you do. It is about having a safe, um, horse that understands your request and that you have a, an amazing relationship with that horse. And I can mm. only come through that trust and understanding, you know? Yes. Yep. Carlos, how can people contact you? I know you've got a website or, you know, Whispering Acres, but the best way they can contact you also through horsechats.com. Search Carlos, search for Tabna Berry. Or, um, Tabna Berry. Yeah, it's yeah, difficult. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way is to go to... Um, Probably to go to whisperingacres.com. Yep. And, and, they, and also to Carlos Tavernaberry Horsemanship, so they okay. can message me, message me through there. So the page is Carlos Tavernaberry um, Horsemanship, but if they go to whisperingacres.com, no um, you can't remember how to spell my surname. It might be able to easier to go to whisperingacres.com. And uh, like I said, I, I just also started um, doing current training videos online. So there's yep. a membership online which um, have monthly uh, videos added every month in different um, different sort of um, sections, you know, from from problem solving to groundwork to reading to uh, classical in hand and mm-hmm. we don't even two words as well. Sorry. Perfect. All right, Carlos, wonderful talking to you again and, um, you know, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. It's been wonderful. I hope so. Anytime. And thank you for having me in the show and, um, yeah, I wish all your listeners um, all the best and all the success possible. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Glenn. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 